Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, Hello everyone. How you doing? Welcome to the show. Um, Russ, you have something to say? I do. So we didn't do it yesterday, but heck, it's, it's better that we do it today because you're here. It's, yeah. Yesterday was the anniversary of Live Aid. And yeah. I'm going to tell a different short story from one that I told last year for Live Aid because I was 30, there. 35th anniversary. Yeah, that's that's, that's insane. Yeah. <laughs> the the way we survived right. is we left we left Long Island at about 3, 3.30 in the morning. We stopped at a bagel store. I think we probably went to Oasis Bagels, which is in Queens, which is 24 hours back in the day. And mm-hmm. one of the guys, we had two cars of people. One of the guys just literally gave the bagel guy a hundred bucks and he filled a trash bag full of bagels. And that was how we sort of got ourselves going. So we were throwing food to each other on the trip. We get there at 6 a.m. And then we start, you know, listening to what was going on on the big board for then for RFK's big board for England. So I survived right. that day on bagels, on um, <laughs> samples of Cherry Coke, which had come out, uh, and snow cones. I'm not even sure if I ate real food that day. Did, not, did, did you bring a tub of cream cheese? No, we just ate them plain. But I'm not <laughs> even sure I ate real food. And then at night, we actually, people were passing us like their drinks, and we shared them like it was like the 80s. Would I do that now? No, <laughs> no we can't. <laughs> but it's funny because that, um, that was a day when I had been traveling through Europe. I was with a choral group um, in high school called American Music Abroad. So I was singing over there and I was singing with, uh, I was like sang it like in the Notre Dame Cathedral. I sang in Buckingham Palace. I was singing all over the place. Um, and and we came back the day of Live Aid. Um, that was the day I flew home. So I was literally, I start and I flew from England to Philadelphia, you know, which was like, the fun, so I'm like literally going from one place where it is to another place where it is. And I didn't get home until, um, when I got I got home to see like when I walked through the door, Led Zeppelin was going on. Um, that's when I that's when I got home. And coincidentally, we were just talking about that. Uh, what because you know obviously that 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 is like the uh, apex moment, uh, or at least one of the apex moments of Phil Collins' career because you know he did the going to London, going to Philadelphia. Yeah, yeah he was place. doing the same flight while well, he was yeah. on the Concord, so he was a lot faster than we were. But, you know. Yeah, pl- play, play, he played with Clapton, he played with Sting, yep. and, he, yep. and he, he played, he played uh, I think, with Daryl Sturmer when he did so, his own solo stuff, and then he and then he played with, uh, uh, with Zeppelin. And to this day, it's like it just seems the, the, like the now the urban myth is is that they – well, I don't know about urban myth. It's, it's more, it was more – Jimmy Page's after the fact being displeased with uh, what what how Zeppelin sounded. They hadn't played together in years. Yeah, yeah. I thought you Plant literally threw the songbook in front of him and said to the crowd, "It's been a while," and and so he he made no bones about it that he yeah. might get words and everything. And so I mean, and that was but to me at the time, I remember thinking. It's fine. Like, I mean, and, and, right. and honestly, and here's the other thing about it, with how crazy different things are in 35 years. I mean, obviously 35 years, I feel crazy old when I say that, but 
I didn't even know this was going on. So like I, I, I show, you know, like I came home, it's like, you know, different, very different times, you know, like, and I hadn't been there for the buildup because I had been in Europe for three and a half weeks. So I hadn't been there for the Philly buildup or anything like that. I come home and my mom, like when I, when I pull in, I get dropped off at the house. My mom's like, you got to come inside. They're doing this thing today called live. And I didn't even know it existed. So I'm like walking into the house. And I'm since I'm seeing Led Zeppelin and and Pink Floyd and and a bunch of things, and I was like, this is crazy awesome. And to me, I was just like, this is amazing. Well, you know, you know, the funny thing is, the low point could have been McCartney because he he finished, and there was what was, what was it, Russ? Was there like audio problems? There or? was audio problems. They yeah. fixed it after the fact, like on the DVD. But yeah, yeah, there were some some you could hear some voices that were louder than others because they were literally probably 30 performers on stage doing right. that. Right. Yeah. But, but, but of course, and this has now been sort of, um, uh, I mean, with, with the movie Bohemian Rhapsody now, now is sort of out of yeah. character, but you know, I mean, even, even at that point, the, the Freddie, you know, the, the queen performance was, I mean, it was immediate how unbelievable it was. Yeah. But I'm going to tell you, that was the thing, right? I'm going to switch over here to Russ on the computer. Hold on. Yeah, 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 no problem. Um, yeah, I mean, that that I think was the, like, I think in retrospect now, years later, is considered the... I'm going to tell you what I felt like point, right? were the two best acts mm -hmm. in Philly. George Thorogood and the Delaware Destroyers. Yeah, it's just really wow. funny. Local band, and and I really, I love George Thorogood. And like really Tommy Conwell play, too. The other one was CSNY. To me... Getting those guys back together was the biggest chore of yeah. any of these things. And if you think about it, to this day, they've never gotten back together. That was the one that was time. time. Wow. They no, they did they did tour. I can't hear Mike. I'm gonna back out and come back in. Okay, okay yeah. No, I, I thought CSO, this was CSO, Mike. I think CSO, you're right. Mike did, tour, did tour. I'm pretty sure they toured. Um, yeah. I actually yeah. know that because we actually did one opening show with them. Um with wow. that group. Yes. Yeah, so I, I know they toured um at least once. But uh, yeah, I mean, it was, I mean, and it was, I mean, it was a great, I mean, obviously great memory. Hey, Russ. I still can't hear you guys. You can't hear us, huh? That's so weird. We can hear you. Hold on. I guess we can hear you. I that because you can't hear me saying that, but we can uh, hear you. Um, yeah, to me, I mean, the whole thing that like, uh, I mean, it was, it was a great and an incredible event. I wish I, I want to go back on the other thing. I don't know why, why is this doing this? Huh? I don't know, Russ. Go back on the other one. Yeah, just 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 flip back to the other one, I guess. If that makes any sense. <laughs> this thing. And whose phone's uh, ringing? Mine. Yeah, that's all right. <laughs> that's all right. Don't worry about it. Can't be anything too important. Um, <laughs> no, it's fine. No, no, no. It, well, I mean, to to me, to me, Queen was Queen was. But I, like I said, I thought that back in 1980 back in the eighties. I didn't think I didn't need Bohemian Rhapsody to tell me that Queen's performance was great. You still don't hear us? Russ? I didn't hear us. Okay. That's fine. Um yeah, I mean I, I it's that's funny. Fine. I mean I, I think that things do change over time. Like to me, my favorite bands, like I wasn't a really big Queen guy like at the time, I have to admit. Like that wasn't one of my bands that I really liked. Um I liked I grew I grew to appreciate them and like them a lot more as time went on. But to me, it was like Led Zeppelin. That was amazing. The Who was amazing. Um, although I wasn't a huge Who fan, I still knew that was historically amazing. And um, and then also, you know, I mean, and but Pink Floyd. That was like to me, Pink Floyd was was it. Like Roger Waters. I thought Bono jumping into the crowd when U two played. Um, 
basically trying to prevent a couple people from being crushed by the by the fans. I think he was trying to uh, trying to uh, prevent an Altamont type yeah. of situation ha from happening. Yeah. Um, but that you know no, but it was. But the thing is, it's like we think about those and we think about those artists and, and you know the ones yeah. that transcend. And then you, if you look at the list of people who played, who were sort of like cup of coffee type people. Yep. You know, like I, I'd have to, I'd have to, I'll pull it up for tomorrow. But there, there were act, yeah. there were acts that that played Live Aid that you like completely are forgettable. Well, I mean, all right. So for Philly, Spandau you know, Ballet played Live Aid or something like that, because that would be like no, know. it wasn't Spandau Ballet, but like the Hooters, they were popular. They were the Hooters. The Hooters. They, the Hooters. The Hooters played. Um, well, didn't Tommy Conwell, Conwell play too? Like yes, Conwell Tommy Conwell played. played. That was like when Tommy Conwell and the Thoroughgood and all those guys, they were really big in Philly. Yeah, yeah, yeah but mm -hmm. Thoroughgood, like I said, I really felt like he was great. The CSNY, the people forget there was a big buildup even at the show because you didn't know if it was going to happen. And then there was a point where it got teased. And then there was a point where they put out just four chairs, four empty chairs on the stage. And that's when everybody was thinking, all right, I guess this is happening. And who knows? They probably had to give Neil Young a last minute nudge or something. Because I'm telling you, he has never played with those no, guys. No, that's not true. We have to actually They did tour. They did that. tour again? And yeah. I can tell you that because we opened for them. Um, okay. Like I played and I did play like when we did play one show with them. Um, I think it was like the American Dream Tour or something like that. It was, yeah. So that maybe it, it was it was it was definitely an awkward tour. I thought like well, it, it was that that might have been the first time since they broke up in like seventy one. Yeah. That's probably what it was, Russ. No, no, it definitely was that. But then I didn't even think they toured ever again. Yeah, okay. I mean that the other story real quick about bands breaking up and getting back together, mm -hmm. which is like really uh really cool, um, is um, Simon and Garfunkel when they did that. I was a huge Simon and Garfunkel fan. Oh. They were like one of my favorites. And when they did the concert in Central Park, that was like. <clears throat> big deal yeah. like that was like you know they oh, yeah, that, well. that one i remember really well yeah, yeah that was like, I, it was incredible right i, I remember really, that one really well and i always remember <laughs> the fact that paul simon sang a song that he wrote about john lennon and some idiot jumped on stage and like threatened yeah. him like you know like because yeah. this was like a year after lennon had been lennon. yeah yeah it was right around then yeah it was yeah for sure. All right, so here's some of those other acts. Yeah. Um, Rick Springfield was real mediocre. I like Rick Springfield. I like him. Um, he was big at the time, though. You know, that was a that was a name at the time. I know. Patty LaBelle, I couldn't wait for her to stop screaming, to be honest. Yeah. Um, she did one late. of the highlights. One of the highlights, Madonna was great, but she was so yeah. lit up. We were there was an MTV party area, and we were very close to that. And so we saw Madonna go in. And when she came out of that, her eyes were just like never matching up the rest of the show. <laughs> and she went on stage with the Thompson twins. That was really good. Actually, yeah, that the Thompson were twins? pretty big too. They were pretty good too. They were big. Yeah. The cards were good. Um, Simple Minds were good. We may have forgotten about them. I like them. Run DMC, I didn't really care about, but you know. <laughs> I've grown to appreciate Run DMC over the years, like Queen, but like I they still don't like, you know, I, at the time it. But the, I need to finish the time. Ashford and Simpson, I don't remember. Yeah. And I don't remember Billy Ocean. Oh, Brian Adams, I remember. <laughs> so, so after Simon and Garfunkel did that concert, about three years later, they decided that they were going to tour again together. And they did, um, like, they, they put an album out that was like with Simon and Garfunkel. It was, it was a Paul Simon album where they, like, hurriedly put, like, Garfunkel right. harmonies on it and called it a. But then by the time it, so they were going to release that album. I went to the show. I had like a Simon and Garfunkel t-shirt. It was in, it was in New York, I think. 
And um, I went, it was, yeah, definitely. It was a giant stadium actually. And, and then they did four shows together, couldn't stand each other and canceled the rest of the tour. <laughs> and, and then, and then went on. Um, and then the, then the album never came out as a Simon and Garfunkel album. Garfunkel's vocals were removed from the album. <laughs> <laughs> came out, this is a Paul Simon album. It was really like, it's just like, they're kind of like the ridiculous. Oh, but everything was a Paul Simon album. Like it really, I don't think Garfunkel would have done much with the writing anyhow. Yeah, he's lucky. He's lucky. Paul let him sing "Bridge Over Troubled Water." But, but well, he I told, has a better I, voice I than Paul. I told you guys, he's got a much better voice than Paul, though. I mean, that's of like, course. Six yeah. months ago, I found out I'm somehow related to Paul, but I, we've not been able to pin that down yet. Oh, oh bring it right back to you. Yeah. I'm just saying it's weird. <laughs> <laughs> all right, that's only, all right. only after he retires, and I can't get free tickets. Personally, the only thing I'd be proud of is that he's married to Edie Brickell. Yeah, was, yeah. was. No, was. no, no, they're still married. Still? No. Okay. Yep, no, Edie Brickell is now, if I'm if I'm not mistaken, now married to Steve Martin. No, she's not. They did a they did a they did a bluegrass album together. She's still married to Paul Simon. All right, I'll, I'll, I'll believe I'll, you. I'll, I'll, double, I'll double check. Double check. I'll double check on that. What I'm, I am I'm is sure what she's I not. Am. <laughs> I remember that one. Yeah, no Edie Brickell, so I can remember off the top of my yeah, head. Yeah, that was the one. She is that. she is married to Paul Simon. Okay. okay. Is this a Wikipedia reference? This is a Wikipedia. Yes. No, it doesn't count. <laughs> can't be true. All right, here we go. Let's start the show. All right. Hello, Hockey World. It is Tuesday, July 14th, 2020. I am not Edie Brickell. No. I am Michael Agello. I'm not Paul Simon. I'm Anthony Mangione. <laughs> oh, thank God. Russ Cohen from Sportsology. I'm Eklund, and what I am is what I am. Are you what you are or what? Uh <laughs> um, <laughs> You're watching Hockey Buzzcast at Hockey Buzz, I think some. Yeah, HockeyBuzz.com. And, um, yeah, where the podcast comes every Monday through Friday to fill you in the comings, going in the afternoons in the hockey world. <laughs> I kind of mix that up a lot, but that's okay. Um, and and um, we, are all, we, are all un, we are all unfit to play. We are. We are. And I actually, yeah, I want to talk rumors. I want to start off with rumors today because there actually are some rumors. And I'm excited for that because, obviously, without them, you know, we get you know less traffic because Hockey Buzz is a rumor site, <laughs> and I'm not the first to admit that. So it's nice when actually some things start to be talked about again. Um, and I want to start with the Brock Besser one because um, you know that the, the, I guess the Canucks came out last night and said, and I haven't talked to you guys since this rumor started swirling around. But came out and said how upset they were about the fact that this is out there at all. That they said that they're you know they're never they're never gonna they're not they have no intention. They didn't say they were never gonna trade them. They didn't say they didn't go to the untouchable route or anything like that. But um, I I know for a fact, and then and of course you know Benning came out and said he hasn't talked to anybody, which is just flat out, according to what I've heard, not true. Like I hate to, and I, I never like to say that specifically. I'm saying according to what I've heard, not true. Um, but um, and it's tough. I mean, Brock Besser is is to me is like that's a tough name to get out there and possibly be treated. You know, I, I think that I mean he's to me. He, I, Arguably the best all-around Canuck, you know. Like I think. No, I, I I think Patterson is still. No, I think he's the best goal scorer. That's what I would say. He was. He's the I best. Would, I would, that's a good description. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think best goal scorer, but I think also like the it, like a lot of it, like a bit of a spiritual leader of that team too. Like I, yeah, he is know. real. He's a real loose guy, and and a lot of teammates do like him. So I would agree with that too. You're right. Yeah, and that's so that's it's a it's a big name to get out there. Obviously, they have issues with Markstrom. Um, you know, Quinn Hughes and, 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 and obviously like we talked about Elias Pedersen coming up. Um, those are big, big names, but 
you know, I'll read you some of the text I got. It was kind of interesting. Um, and uh, they also want to sign to Foley, I was told in my text. Um, but the uh, the idea, the uh, the team I heard they talked to was New Jersey, um, that for sure. And that that makes some sense. I think Jersey would definitely love to get a hold of Brock Besser. Um, and uh, the deal would include Severson uh, going to Vancouver, I was told. Yeah, David Severson, yeah. And uh, David Severson, sorry, Dan Severson, yeah. And one and one of the first round picks um, that they have this year could be the Arizona pick, but um, it depends on you know things that are still happening. Um, and there was also talk that Louis Erickson could be going to New Jersey in the deal, which would be New Jersey taking on more salary, right? right. So, well, New Jersey can't. New Jersey can because yeah, they, they need to get to the cap floor. Um, the obviously Lou Erickson is, is a big name for Vancouver to move. Like that's a big. I, I'm going to tell you what I don't understand from the New Jersey end is they have been misusing Damon Severson for the yeah. last two coaches now. And yeah. if you go back three years, you could see the, the offense in this game, how well he played. Then it's been going up and down. There's been like half season good moments, and then they change up how the team's going to play again, and it affects him. I don't know what it is. But he doesn't make that much money, and they're not that deep on defense. And I, I think if they make this trade, they're crazy. It's good to get Brock Besser, but we're yeah. still in the defensive league, and they only have Ty Smith coming. It's not like they have a load of guys coming. Well, yeah. Severson Sieber, makes $4.16 million for another three years. Yeah, it's cheap. Um, Besser, Besser makes Besser makes five eight seven five for another two years. So yeah. there's a, about a 1.7 difference. Um and then you throw the first round pick in in, in, in that deal potentially, um, but then Erickson's got a six million dollar cap hit, but only the money is only four million. And for Josh Josh Harris, if you're pay, getting more of a bang for the buck in terms of cap and you're paying less in money, that's perfect for him. Mm -hmm. Ed Erickson, I mean, isn't a, is definitely he's going down. He, back. He's done. He's done, but he's still, I think, a good player to have around. I actually he's, do. He's about two. He's about at least a minimum of two seasons past use. I mean, you could say he's good to have around, but I think, yeah, I think he's he's, he's taking up a rock. Honestly, he he's about a year removed from. Oh yeah, really, no honestly, question. Being, I mean, he should be in the S. He should be playing, wrapping up his career in the SHL. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Again, he's an, he's another member mm -hmm. of that disastrous free agent class, along with Opozo, along with Lucic. Along with uh, Franz Nielsen, I don't remember any one of the guy, the guys in that one that turned out good. I, re I refer to that class as the money as the burning a hole, money burning a hole in my pocket class. Yeah, that's oh, a money pick class, isn't it? Um, I agree with that. Um, yeah. So the other trade, though, that I think was even more interesting is, and this came from came from a really good source as well, and I checked into it because at first I thought that can't be real, but um, but it is. Is that the Islanders are having issues uh signing uh matthew barzell and the concept here is you know they are actually afraid that he could be offer sheeted um and you know you don't hear teams too often say this because people like offer sheets are such a big deal um the fear of him not being offer sheeted could be now the, the, i want to say this too about teams when they say they're afraid about being offer sheeted i've one person one time told me that's our way of saying we have to trade him so that people don't get pissed off when we trade him. <laughs> well, which is like an interesting thing. Like, you know, like it's like, which is, I'm not saying that's the case here, but I have heard that trick you used before. Mental gymnast, interesting mental yes. gymnast. Yeah, like, like to say to your fan base, we didn't want to trade Matthew Barcel, but he was going to get offer sheeted. We well, I mean, there's one way to not worry about an offer sheet, and that's the guy what he's worth. 
Right. Sign right. him. Yeah. But here, right. here, here, here's the here's the problem. What is he worth? And can the Islanders afford it? That's the well, that, well, that, that's what I was gonna say. I mean, but you look at what Lou has done over the last few years. He hasn't paid top dollar for anybody, but he's signed enough guys at a middle salary that now he's in trouble. Yeah. Anders Lee seven million, Brock Nelson six, Eberly five five, Bailey, and now Pajot at five. Boychuk at six and Nick Letty at 5.5. I've never seen more mediocre or middle of the road players being paid overpaid in my life than this team, but they yeah. didn't pay John Tavares and they didn't surround him with good players. They, right. they offered Tavares money. It wasn't a money thing, but they Tavares. didn't surround him with good players. They, they, you know. That's that. Well, that's the difference, right? For, for years, they didn't do that. And then they finally started to a little bit by then it was too little, too late. Right. In league, we all thought Lee Chan was an overpayment because, if you notice, Lee's numbers declined substantively before they signed him to that seven-year, $49 million deal. I'll tell you what, what, to me, what the problem is here with the little bit of a delay for the arena, and we don't know at this point, will it still be on time? They're always going to say it's on time until it isn't, but we don't know where that's going to be. They didn't really want to spend much money until that opened and sort of use those profits, but Barzell's not going to wait for that. And so the restricted free agent right now, right? You know? He's not waiting for that. So that is their quandary because they're going to have to pay him before they start getting revenue from the new building. And, and we don't even know where they're going to be playing in the winter because, you know, Nassau Coliseum's padlock, unless someone comes up with like 130, 140 million, they're going to probably be playing at Barclays. Take it so, out of cash. So we don't know what kind of revenue they'll pull in. This doesn't look good though for the event for them to sign the Islanders unless Ledecky just says, all right, you know what? I'm going to have to take a hit here, but I know I'm going to get future earnings, but that's not the way he's, he's been operating up to right. this. Point. And, and Ruff, else, I'll ask, I'll ask you somebody. the better question though, is can Matthew Barzal be the face of your franchise and a dominant player? That's the big yeah, Absolutely. Yes. If you okay, have players then, around that's, if that is the answer, then you pay him as such. If you have any doubts, then you need to find a way to get something else in who can be the face of your franchise. He'll be one of those guys. Sorry, Mike. If you trade him, he will haunt you for the next 10, 12 years right. with big years, being an all-star player, maybe even winning a cup somewhere. And I, forgot, I, forgot, I, forgot, I, forgot, I forgot Andrew Ladd at $5.5 million, which is basically that's a huge one. Yeah, that's basically that one's dead money. That is, a, that is a massive albatross. But again, for me, for Barzell – to me, he has, and I know this may be a little bit of hyperbole, but I've always seen a little bit of Steve Eiserman in his game. Yeah. To me. And that's mm -hmm. where you really, that's where it comes, that, that to me is where I think he is, if he has that upside and you yeah. foster it properly, you yeah. really, you do have the face of your franchise in the circumstance. You do. So, well, Russ, we, have, we, have, we have a question in the chat here. I agree with you. Uh, Russ, can you please talk about Vancouver prospect Jack Rathbone? He's rumored to be signing with the team in the next two days. Yeah, he's terrific. He um, defenseman for Harvard, fast. I was telling Anthony offline. I didn't know about a lot about Rathbone going into a couple of years ago in um, into the combine, mm -hmm. but I I heard Tony Donato talking about him, whether it was at the combine to somebody else. And so I clued into Jack Rathbone real quick. I interviewed him, started to research him, have gotten to see him play in the bean pot. He's fast. He's quick on the decision-making. He is a really good offensive defenseman. He doesn't take big chances. So he looks like a good second-pairing guy. And this is the kind of guy that could really help 
really help yeah. New Jersey, help um, not make that trade with New Jersey just to bring Dave and Severson in. Right. But they'll be a little young on on the blue line. That's the only thing. Right. But but he is a really good player with a now, lot is, of upside. Is he is he an unsigned? Is he an unsigned? Yeah, he's on. Well, he's a college player, so he'd have to turn pro. Okay, so and, he, and he is he eligible to play though right now? No, he won't be eligible to play now. Okay. I mean, unless something there's some sort of crazy. Considering the history Europe. between him and considering the history between him and Judd Brackett, I, I get rather interested as to whether or not Minnesota <laughs> will be his landing spot. Right. Wouldn't shock me. Yeah. I mean, I I wouldn't be shocked at that, but it, it all depends. Minnesota's blue line is jammed. Vancouver's isn't. That's the only thing. Right? Yeah, but Minnesota yeah. Minnesota is another one of those teams where look at the money that they're spending on defense with Spurgeon, yeah. with Dumba, with Suter, uh, with Brodine. I think he's got a year left. They may want to move one of those guys out and bring in a younger, cheaper defenseman. So that might be a might be a move if they if they can do it that they, they that would make sense. Right. Um, sticking on the well, hold on. So, Eck, when you mentioned about Barzal being yeah. offered, cheated and maybe yeah. being moved, has any where would a target location be? Yeah, that's a big that's Montreal. A big question, right? well, Montreal is the is the first that came up as far as um as far as an offer sheet goes. Um, and that that, that could also be a trade. Maybe they could do it like Aho and just get it matched. Yeah, now that could happen. Right, structure. Like structure I, I think some structure, structure matters, and that's we all learn structure, especially mm -hmm. for the Islanders. Right, so. And that teams know that, right? Although we've seen, you know, if if Nashville can make the Shea Weber structure work, I tend to think anybody can make anything work because that the Flyers really screwed them with that structure, and that Nashville found a way to keep it, right? Keep Shea Weber. Um, but I mean, the guy had to take out a major loan to do it. But the um, and where the owners are willing to do that or not is a big question. Now, I think what I what I feel like is this is not this is an offer sheet towards a trade more than it is an offer sheet, like. Montreal comes to them and says, Hey, we're going to offer sheet them, you know? And then they say, okay, well, let's talk. You know, we, we'd rather talk trade because the Islanders right. might want, the Islanders might want more immediate help right now, whether or not, you know, you get, I don't know who you can get. Can you get Matt? Domi in a trade? Can you get Matt Domi in a trade like this? You can't get Coke in Yami. You can't. You but might. Maybe you, maybe you can get Domi. Domi's an interesting. Yeah. Interesting Domi. Trade. Maybe for the Islanders. That's, that gets a little interesting, right? You can sell. I think you can sell Domi to the yeah. to the Islander fan base. Yeah, yeah. But, but there's a problem here. Okay, Domi's coming off one of his. He had a great year last year. He had a good year this year. He's an RFA. You trade him, you're going to end up paying him five and a half, six million dollars. So where's the savings between paying Domi five and a half and six, or paying Barzil seven and a half to eight, or maybe even more? Well, I mean, you just I think you're paying Barzil more than seven and a half to eight. You're talking like three. You're probably talking three I'm million. Talking nine, nine and a half, I think for Barzil. Yeah, yeah. three. I think three, three to three and a half million dollar difference between the two players, right? So yeah. one you, nine, one six, basically. Probably. I don't know whether Barzil's representation would allow him to sign a bridge deal. I mean, it would have to be a bridge deal at Kucherov where it's in the five to six million dollar range. I don't think anyone has any desire. Or, to or you can sign. Remember, you can like, backload the contracts now, so you can remember take a little I, bit. That's less true, but I brought, up, I brought up about it down the road. concept with the island, and then the, what I was told is you're not going to sign a bridge deal with the Islanders, and that was an interesting thing. It just came like that was what I was told flat out. Um, that's you know, there's a lot of like Somebody, you say, there's a lot of uncertainty about the Islanders. Somebody there in the chat room just Islanders suggested. Be, yeah. There are people, believe it or not, that believe the Islanders are going to be the Quebec Nordiques. And I've, I've talked to people about mm -hmm. that, too. I don't think that's going to happen. I don't People think say that. I don't think that's happening. I don't think the NHL, mm -hmm. but there are people in the league who believe it. 
the NHL, though, like I've said many times before, I uh, haven't for a while, though. It's Even very while proud. they're building a new arena? Like, why would you say that now? I know, but – I no, I I agree, but maybe maybe the thinking is this: the only way that happens, the only way the NHL lets that happen at all, would be to move them there if the arena was delayed long enough, and like give give the uh, give them an, a, another give them like an expansion team two or three years from now in the island, um, you know, and that kind of thing. That that they want a team on the island. The NHL the NHL is very proud of the fact that they have never relocated a team that has after that team has won a Stanley Cup. It's a strange, right. strange concept, but it's true. That's never happened. It never, no root, no team is, and the island. So the because the NHL believes, and this this came up with Carolina before. That's how I found out about that. That they really felt strongly about this. They believe that once you win a Stanley Cup, that like cements yourself in the, in the city, and that city becomes like you know that that's that's the NHL's thought on that. I think for right for the most part that's true. I mean, yeah. it's gone up and down with that fan base a little based on the ownership, and I don't right. blame the fans one bit, but it's a natural rival for the Rangers. And at the end of the day, you don't really want to lose that because if you take right. that away, then the Rangers go back to being a natural rival for either the Devils or the Flyers. And go ahead, Anthony. So, so for maximum chaos, I really, really hope the Arizona Coyotes win the Stanley Cup. This year. <laughs> right. I know. Don't you? Or the Florida Panthers. Just going out there. To me, the Panthers are even more likely to move than Arizona. So Yes, the Panthers are. I mean, if any team's going to move, to me, that's the team that's primed for it. Um, and although the same thing, they the NHL does believe, and they really want this to happen. And I'm surprised they've never tried to manipulate it to get the Panthers and Lightning to play each other in a playoff series. They want that so badly to happen. Yeah. Now I okay. feel like they would have it. Somebody, somebody in the chat uh, said, uh, "No way, the Videotron Center is awaiting the, the the Ottawa Senators." And I've been saying that all along. There are people who believe that. I, too. I, I was I was told by somebody in Ottawa that uh, that's not going to happen, that the NHL wants to keep them in Ottawa. I would think probably because the Canadian government is there and there's a lot of, yeah. you know, you, you move them out of Ottawa, then you're going to create enemies in the Trudeau government or any, any other government that, that takes, that's going to be there. But I still think that that franchise is in chaos right now because of the ownership. And if it keeps being that way for another couple of years, then I think they're going to have other, no other choice. If you have a brand new building in, in Quebec city, uh, that and keep them in the same division. It would be a very easy move to move Ottawa to Quebec City. So yeah, they don't want to go to thirty-three teams. I was told that right. um, they they want to they want to stay at thirty-two. Um, and because thirty-two which works perfectly, you know, like, until they need more money. Let's be realistic, right? right. Of course, but thirty-two for now works perfectly because if you're going to go to thirty-three or thirty-four, suddenly you're unbalanced. So you're unbalanced until you get another four teams in because you have four divisions or thirty-three or whatever. Much. The way they're playing now. Yeah, well, I think is Florida is not like Vinny Viola doesn't have the money. I mean, the guy's putting up a lot of money for the Mets to try to bid on them, but he just yeah, doesn't like fans. But again, like rich guys don't don't stay rich by making stupid moves. Oh, I know. Right. I think that in well, his mind, don't have an arena in a location that it's a poorly planned location. Also, yeah, yeah, no, that's no, it's very true. And I think that, I mean, I don't, I don't ever want to see a team like I'm. I'm always anti relocation in a big way because I do believe that it mat There are people in Florida that the Panthers matter to. Like we can sit there and say that not a lot of them, Six but there are. No, there's more than that, and there are people there that matter, right? Um, and there is, and we've seen Florida in the past at times. You know, like when they went on their run, that was a, there was an excitement in that in that city for the hockey team. So, and there's plenty of New Yorkers in Florida, as you know. That are like that, all of them that hate hockey. Miami area. That if you have a hockey, no, team not all. I told you. Look, we spoke about this once before, Mike. 
the game against the Islanders, if they win that game and they advance in the next round, <laughs> how know. different things might have been. I know, I know. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I totally agree with that. And, I mean, to me, you have, you have to take all that into account and you have to sit back and you have to say, okay, the Panthers and the – you know, if you take the Panthers out of Florida, you've got the Lightning without a rival, without a natural rival, right, um, which is not something they want. They And the Lightning have won a Stanley Cup, so they have – you know, there's something to that. But they yeah. want to keep the lightning there. They're not going to yeah, be able to long time ago. For that, for that rivalry to work, they actually have to meet each other in the playoffs. Which but this year, but this year, yeah, no, they do. And this, but this year, the Lightning at, were like the fifth or sixth most successful gate team in the NHL. That's mm -hmm. the thing, you know. So they, I mean, then that's something that is a huge difference in like from where they were, even when they were um, going to like the Stanley Cup Finals, they were still struggling gate wise. So they've gotten better since then, um, like since they went to that one Stanley Cup Final. That year, that year they were hard, they were giving away tickets most of the year. So, you know, this it's an interesting move how this all plays out. I do think I know Quebec's going to get a team though. That's like there's no two ways about that. That's going to happen. Um, they've been yeah, when, in like five years. It's, yeah, I, I, I think Quebec deserves a team. I mean, I do think they do, and I think that it's going to be sooner than that, Russ, because of what's happening currently. Like the if okay. if the Canadian dollar comes up the whole thing they basically what i've been told many times i've said it before is that quebec has a team when they want a team that's what the nhl has said to them now i think that quebec would much prefer a relocate relocated team than an expansion team right yeah because um, they don't have to pay the fee they don't have to pay the fee and they also get like a little bit of a head start you know now yeah, i mean it was a 500 million dollar expansion fee and that wouldn't be an expansion it would be a transfer it would cost them 650 million canadian because of the the right, right now it's a 70 percent dollar so the nhl they said to the nhl and they were they were the, the plan was before was for them to come in with vegas that was no question the pan plan but when the canadian dollar went crazy went crazily bad they basically said to the nhl we can't afford to do it yet and the nhl said okay when you can afford to do it let us know um, because okay. the, before they built that arena, they got the they got the go ahead. I am told the actual personal word of Gary Bettman that they would get a team if they built that arena, and they did. So to me, that's happening. The NHL doesn't go well, back to things like that. Flor I mean, Florida makes the most sense in the sense that yeah, they do. They're in the they're in that same division, and yeah. you know, there's natural rivalry with Ottawa, Toronto, Montreal. Buffalo, Boston. I mean, it, it makes you know. So it, I mean, it would leave Tampa as the only team you know, south of the Mason-Dixon in that division, but so what? I still wouldn't say Arizona's safe yet either. No. You can never say that. though that if, if Florida moves out of that, to, if Florida was to move, if Florida was to move, then, then Tampa was left alone there, there would be serious there would be serious con um, consideration about, like, a realignment. Basically, because if Tampa was the only team in that division. Yeah, I could see that. You know, so the concept is they would rather have Tampa – have their you play play like natural rivals of Carolina and Nashville than and Dallas than they would have like that they would rather have like a true southeast division how they would right play. yeah but each well, that makes sense each division yeah. is going to be eight teams who the heck are you moving in the Atlantic I don't know how they would do it but I yeah. know that the thought has always been they feel like Tampa and Nashville Tampa and Carolina would have really seriously good rivals well should Nashville uh, be a west that's the question right I mean, right should they be a right. western division team they should not they should be the eastern division team. Um, but Nashville, you shifting then. Nashville, I, really I think the Capitals. You move the Capitals to the Atlantic. Maybe I mean maybe, maybe I don't know. The, you're, not, think, you're not moving in. You're not moving the two Pennsylvania teams. You're not moving yeah. the three. You're not New moving York. one of the New York teams. I know. No. So yeah, you're obviously it would have to be the it would have to be the Capitals or the Blue Jackets. Probably I think it would be the Blue Jackets. Blue Jackets. It could be either or. 
I think Blue Jackets would be the natural pick to do that. Yeah. Or to move the Blue Jackets to the West, which would be another thing, which is like, you know, that's a, I mean. They, they hated it. They hated it in the West. Oh, yeah. They hated it in the West. Um, they will never move Detroit back to the West because they made that deal with them. That right. They do that one-time thing, and they did the Yeah, one but the owner, they, the owner they made that promise to is dead. Yeah. Um, His kid runs the team, Mike. It's not. I, I know, but I'm just. I'm just saying they made. Yeah, so dad, is that basically the concept? If here? my dad wanted something, <laughs> even if he was dead and I still owned the team, I would still do what my dad wanted. I've been watching I'm my channel. So. Yeah. Okay. Um, I made a promise to your dad, not to you. King Louis' head. Um. All right. So no. Um. Yeah. I think that that's. I know that they really, really want Nashville has pushed and Carolina has pushed forever to have them in the same division that they feel like. And that is, I mean, those, those, those states are right next to each other. I mean, North Carolina, if you drive West side of North Carolina, you're in Tennessee and those two, and it's, it's you're looking at a really like an SEC, you know, like type thing, right? Like a right. college football thing down there with Tampa and, and Florida and, and all that. Ideally they would rather Florida. I'm Tampa surprised you even know about the SEC. That's impressive. <laughs> You're impressed that I know about that? Yeah. I know things, Russ. Did I just Del Delaware care. play them? There's a difference between knowing and not getting yes. I don't care about the SEC. I know <laughs> it. I, mean, I only cared when I went to Houston. After I left, I didn't care either. But Right. So <laughs> moving on from that for a second. Um, I think there's a lot, I think there's a lot to this. And I I um and I think that this coronavirus and this crazy couple years of NHL doing all this stuff. Could really move, could really move up relocation in a big way. I don't believe it will be Ottawa, and I think that, and I, and I know that we, you said Ottawa. Actually, Mike, you say Ottawa is a mess. I would say Ottawa is not as big of a mess as they were two or three years ago. Um, no, I think I think the belief. Are you talking players or financially? No, just the team. Just, let's, let's let's start with the the big thing first of all. Are they a mess with their fans? Okay, yes. they're yes. not yes. as big. Yes. Yeah, but it's not as big of a mess as they were two or three years ago. Oh, no, no, no. I have friends in Ottawa. I don't know okay. about that. Ack, two or three years ago, they're come. They were coming off a one goal away from getting to the Stanley Cup final. Now, now Carlson's gone. Now Duchesne's gone. Now Stone is gone. Now they Pierre Dorian deserves a lot of credit because that team yeah. is very young and there's some really good young talent there. They've mm -hmm. made some pretty sharp moves, but. I'm talking ownership. I'm talking fans' relation to the team. I'm talking yep. the building. I'm talking a number of things yeah. that don't have to do with the product on the ice. When you're right. putting tarps up on the upper deck at that Canadian Tire Center in a Canadian market, you are uh, you are running a complete. No, they they hit their. I mean, they hit their their low, right? There's no question that that's yeah. their low. Can but they. They, there was a time when they drew fans. There was a time when they were – I mean, they've always struggled because of where they are, no question about it. That, anybody's been to that, I've been to that. I've ever been – I've been out to that. Seattle. Act, to be fair, they're 31st. They only could be lower if Seattle was in the league. No, I know. I, I'm Seattle not, won't be below them in terms of – I'm just else. saying. No, and they won't they be. They were better. That I, I believe that they're trending upward. They need a goalie, but they're, they're definitely a team that's better than what it looked like right. it was going to be two years ago. Not saying they're good, but better than we all anticipated right. when they got it started. Now, I will perhaps watch them if they're on center ice. Like, I will find them interesting enough to watch, where there was a point at which I would not watch them. They were just they, they, That's the thing. They, okay, they have talent. Brady Kachuk. Connor Brown. Yeah, they've got a lot of heart. They got a good coach and they got a good GM. They have they have a lot of things in place. They don't have a good owner. And if that owner, if the NHL said to that owner, you know, 
will you, you either sell the team or removing the team? Um, I think he would sell. And I think if they had a new owner, I think the Ottawa fans would be, would fall, would, would quickly fall in line behind what they're doing right now. All they, right. In 2018, 19, Ottawa averaged 14,553. They averaged like 12, eight this year. Yeah. Well, I don't see the evidence of what you're saying other than yes, the players are better, but the fans are fed up still. Yeah. The fans they're, are still fed up. No question. It's they're it, not going to put money in yeah. Eugene Melnick's pocket. Right. There is, there's a huge thing there. I just think that, when the fans think of their Ottawa Senators, they're a little more excited to to about them than they were. Okay, maybe. I mean, I'm not going to say that they're excited enough to to go and pay for them, right? But they are more. They, there was a period there where it was really dark. Okay, like I mean, beyond no, that's fair. I think the darkest we've seen of any team, perhaps in a long time, were the Ottawa Senators. Right after like the Erickson, you know, I mean, the, the Carlson trade, like right in that in that range when they lost Carlson, they had nothing left for fans to, sh to go to show up for. Right. Let me move to my other trade because I do have to leave at. 355 today because I'm going to be doing Kevin Allen's podcast and I, he does our podcast so often. So he, I made a promise to adultery. That. I know. I know. <laughs> I'm so sorry. You guys do it all the time though. So don't feel, I don't feel too bad. This oh, now you get first time. Like this is the first time I've had this. Look the other at one. the other two, not me. I know, Jan. I'm with you. Thank you, Jan. I appreciate your. I appreciate your on. Well, because they don't invite me. That's why. I know. I know. And that's probably <laughs> why. That's why <laughs> I don't. Getting do killed here for no reason. I mean, nobody else wants him on his podcast. <laughs> Russ has done three shows over time. I've never been in a public podcast without Mike. <laughs> and anyway, we are going to put, we're going to get you on off the post now because you've expressed an interest in coming on. I'm here. I would love to. All right. We will get you on. As long as it works out for me well. <laughs> <laughs> as long as I can pay my, my big. January of 2022. You, you know I don't open up Zoom for less than a grand. If I get paid my big, I'm there. All right. Not sure. All right. Next up. Hey, let's so go. No, I'm going on Kevin's show, by the way, to speak to to explain how the he wants me to ask answer why why the Flyers can win the Stanley Cup. That's my that's okay. my all right. Anyway, so if you want to see that later, um, good luck, right? All right. So the other the last thing I want to get into is um Petrangelo, who mm -hmm. um we're not gonna we're gonna say properly all the time, right? Petrangelo. Yes, and we will, Mike won't. For the first time, like we've always thought, okay, you know, he's, he's like I said, he's probably the number one UFA if he's available, but we, I was, I thought he, I'd put Hall first because I don't think he's really available. Turns out he, uh, he is actually probably going to be available and talking to a, a really good San, St. Louis scout last night, they basically said that it's pretty much been resigned um, within that organization that this is it. And he kind of knows it too. And it's, it's, a, it's a shame and they're all not happy about it. They're all going to make the most of it. They're not going to talk about it for sure, but they're going to, but this is it because I mean that, and it's it's you know it's obviously the the salary cap staying flat. Um, it just they realize that he's going to have to take a huge pay cut to stay which, in St. Louis. Beyond, and he, you know it really doesn't make any sense. And they really don't. I don't even think the Blues would feel right asking him to do that. That's the impression I got. Like they they feel like we can't even ask him to take five million dollars a year. We can't do that. Right. It's not you know, and they're right. You know they can't. And somebody's going to give him, you know, eight or nine. Kevin seems to think. I still think that I'm still helpful of that to agree but with this economy but i don't know well i mean and we've said this on the show a few times we knew that petrangelo, petrangelo. was would be gone yeah. as soon as they traded for and re-signed justin falk because you're paying justin right. 
6.5. Then you signed Scandella after trading for him to you know, a sort of mediocre $3.275 million. But, okay, you're spending 6.5 on Falk, 5.5 on Pareko, a little over 3 on Scandella. Yeah. You signed Gunnarsson. You have to re-sign Vince Dunn, and now you have Perunovic coming in. They don't yeah. have – they don't have the room unless yeah. they, unless they buy out uh, uh, Alex Steen or he retires or unless they buy out or trade Tyler Bozak. They just look, I think what they're going to do, Mike, is they're going to let him go look at deals. Yes, I guarantee you he'll come back to them and say, "This yeah. is what I'm being offered. Are you going to be able to do anything with this, or should I go there?" Right. That's exactly what it's going to. And I, and he's definitely he's definitely going to give him a chance. I mean, he wants to stay there. Yeah. They want him to stay there. But the reality is. They might not even feel right asking him for taking kind of cut that he's going to have to take, right. and, and because there's a lot of respect there, there's a there's no hard feeling. Oh yeah, there's no question they love him. I could see it last year. Yeah, there's no hard feelings at all. They will understand why he has to do it. He'll understand why they have to do it. It's one of those situations that you know, if they can work it out, great. But it, it just the way the economy is going, and the and the Blues being the success. I mean, the Blues are let's not forget are, are a threat to to repeat it. They are a threat. They're I mean, threat. they are. They are very much in that world, and there are plenty of teams out there, including the Toronto Maple Leafs. I was told, who would be all over this. And well, I mean, the the, the prop the problem is money. The, the problem is with the Leafs. <laughs> money <laughs> is well, no. I mean, like with everybody else, but the pro- problem is with the Leafs is yeah. that you will have to move out somebody. Nylander's got to go. You know, it would have to. It would have to be Nylander. Have to be Nylander. Although we talked before about the thing we did. You know, we did talk about before the concept that they could perhaps. You know, move a couple other guys. Um, well, if, they, if, they, if yeah, if you move Kerfoot and and Kapanen, then you're clearing. Yeah, I talked about Kerfoot and and I think it was Johansson, maybe. Johansson, Johansson, yeah. yeah, right. But if you look at St. Louis, the fall contract looks like a severe overpayment right now. Right. I mean, he made four point one million, spiking at six and a half. He looks like a four million dollar defenseman, not a six and a half million dollar defenseman. No, and it's it, and it's one of those things that the Blues are like, you know, if we knew this was going to happen, of course we don't do that deal. Right, and the the better have Petrangelo than Falk. There's no choice right. about that. Right, the Blues. Well, I think the other thing is, I don't think Falk has the kind of run on the power play there that he did in Carolina. If Petrangelo's gone, he will. Yeah. Right. Yeah, right. but Paranovich is going to get a shot also, and you have yeah, Pareko. He'll be the like guy. As well. He'll yeah. be the number one guy in the. But power Dunn play. can play the power play, and so can Pareko. Sure, everybody can play it, Jan. But Falk is going to be the number one guy. That's why I they agree have. With you, right, but the question is, is given where given where he was fitting into your structure. When you brought him in, was there a necessity to give him that six and a half million dollars immediately? Well, yes. If he was going to run the power play in case Petrangelo left, then the and, answer is yes. Well, but but that wasn't going to be uh, until next year. No, but they looked ahead. That's why they signed Falk. Well, then then you can't. Then basically, you're presuming that Petrangelo is not going to be back. Right. Right. No, I, they, they, I think they knew for a fact that he was going to be back. Yeah. Yeah. That may not be a fact now, though. No, they didn't well, know. They I, mean, didn't. I was told they really, and I believe them because there's no, they're telling me what they're, I mean, there's no reason that they knew that he was not going to be back. They really did feel that there would be a way of doing it. Right. Um, you know, and they, uh, but there's the, now it, that, but that way of doing it was going to be incredibly hard and it's just incredibly harder now. And there's just like getting around that. You can't, you can't shake that. Right. That's well, the, 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 the team, the team that has been rumored about, Petrangelo that makes the most sense is a team in their own division, and that's Colorado because Colorado has got all this money open up. You know, a guy a guy like Ian Cole's contract expires after next year. The only they're only paying two defensemen over five million bucks. One is Gerard, the other one is is Johnson. Now they're going to have to pay McCarr, obviously. And McCarr's well, how long is Johnson's deal? John Johnson's got three more three years. More years. Now that might be a deal that goes in expansion. Right. And, but, but remember, 
you, you talk about you have Makar, you have Graves, right? right. You have Bynum coming up. Uh, yes. th there's only so many guys you're going to want to – I'd rather save the money to use on my forwards than spend on a guy because you have depth and defense there already. Yeah. Yeah, and Zadorov too. So, but I mean, you have you have got you have Timmins who potentially is going to come up also down the road, right? Yeah, Timmins will not rely on all the young kids, but I tend to agree with Jan on this one. Yeah. Yeah, and Johnson Johnson has a no move clause, so he can't be exposed unless he wants to be exposed. Right. I wanted to ask one other question of you guys before before I leave because I don't know this question. I was trying to find the answer. You guys might know it, and it's it's like a little bit. I have to admit, I'm sorry. It's a little bit of research for the next show that I'm doing here, but um. Nolan Patrick, okay, who I know mm -hmm. is, um, you know, I talked to people around and I heard yesterday he's feeling the best he's felt in over a year. Um, this is probably the best thing because I think he would have tried to force his way in somehow. And I'm glad he didn't. You know, I really wanted him to take this whole year off. Mm -hmm. um, is he definitely ruled out for the Flyers? For the playoffs? Yeah, or for the forever. Playoffs, for the playoffs. I for think the playoffs, he was on the roster. Out. That was added. Yeah, he's yeah. not on the roster. So he's, not not, roster. He's, he's ruled out. Okay, so he's not on the roster. I wasn't sure if they were if they had done that or not. I, I was and I do think it. you have to keep in mind, Eck, when he's yeah. saying he's this is the best he's felt in a, in in you know in a year. He has not faced any contact or a road trip even to yeah. see how he's going to react. Oh, no, I definitely don't think he, I don't think he should be playing. I totally no, but I mean, even next year will be in question now. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, he's, yeah. We don't know if he's going to just magically heal over the summer. Yeah. You don't know until you start putting him through the paces of being a hockey player again what will happen. Yeah. No, I mean, obviously, Oscar Lindblom, you know, doesn't make any – he can't play. And there, people were asking me that question. I'm like, no. I mean, we don't think he can, but they did let him skate, I think, to make him feel good. And yeah, for sure. And train over the summer. Who knows? I mean, we've seen weirder things with guys coming back from diseases. I won't count him out. I'm just going to say it's probably a long shot, but I won't count him out. I mean, I think, you know, like pre-existing conditions. I mean, come on, like he is like his, his immunity system has to be low. I mean, this is like a guy who should not be involved in this. Um, well, I mean, if there were a, like if, if, it was, if, cure, if, if the thing wasn't going on. Yeah. No, but there's a COVID cure and he's feeling better by January. You never oh, yeah. know, but you're right. No, I, think could, I think he could be, I think we'll be back next year. I do agree with that. I think, but will. you're right about that. If there's no cure for COVID, he would be a very high risk guy. Yeah, like right now, no. I mean, and, and it definitely, I think it's, I think they wanted him out there for his own being. And I think it was also no, very too. That, that inspiring is for the players too to see him out there. I think it Absolutely. really. Absolutely. They all talked about fired, it and fired him up. And I want you guys to talk about this. I got to go. But the thought that I had that we may talk about tomorrow is the emotional impact of certain things like, um, you know, like Colby in, um, you know, in, in Edmonton or Limblum here and what, you know, in Philly, like, in the tournaments like this, you know, we usually see like a story like this develop about like, can guys like, does this help a team rally in a situation like this? And I think it does. We're not talking about emotions, Zach. The minute you leave, it stops being a women's show. Oh, yeah. oh, no. I'm out of here. See you later, guys. Oh, wait. Now you wow. sound like a yellow there, Russ. Seriously? We got to send you to diversity training too? Hey, Russ. Thanks for the misogynistic comment there, Russ. <laughs> I'm ya. off the hook. I'm out of here. For now. I'm not ending the broadcast. I'm leaving. Okay. See ya. <laughs> Chase them away. Well, let's, let's, let's wait. Wait, I got one dark horse team for Petrangelo. Okay, yeah, took a look. it may take a little machinations to get him in. Edmonton actually has enough room almost to fit him in. One small move, and they need help on that blue line. You put him on that blue line, that's an awfully dangerous team. I can't remember. Have they paid Nurse yet or not yet? 
No, uh, they, they signed him to a two. They a did. Nurse is making five point six mil the next two years. Yeah, they Russ. The, the, yeah. the, the problem you, you is, got you got Chris Russell making four mil next year. You can maybe would, try to they would try have, to get rid of their UFAs or Anasu, Sheehan, Ennis, and Russell, and you got Mike Green, who you could probably get to get rid of anyway. They would have to buy him. They would have to buy out. Uh, buy out. Right, but they still have about eight million under the cap before you would have to figure out how to get rid of Russell. I don't now, think it's crazy, but I but I think Ken Holland probably needs to lock up Nurse before he goes to do this. Nurse for two more years at five point six after this. No, year. I know, but long term, he needs to know what Nurse's number is, and he may know it because well, the minute you bring Petrangelo there, you now have to worry about Nurse leaving in two years. He's got some dead money here. He's got the James Neal contract for three more years. He signed Cassian, which I think was stupid, at three point two. Um, yeah. They have to re-sign Athenasiu, and they traded yeah. a lot to get him. Just, yeah, I'm not so saying it'll be easy, pay- but there, there is a pathway, and there's a team that his leadership and what he brings on the blue line would make a huge difference. No, no, no. question. But if they if they pay him nine a year, right? Um, they're going to have to pay Nurse six and a half, well, how, seven. How old is Pitrangelo? Thirty, thirty-one. Thirty. Yeah, thirty. Yeah, and, how many and, years you giving him? And and you, they're going to have to give him five. Five. Probably. He's gonna want seven. He's Are gonna want a thirty-year-old blue liner in the Western Conference, a seven-year deal. No, he's, he's not gonna want it. That's the point. Uh, want and, and get are two different things. Well, they, if they don't give it to him, somebody else will. Probably. No, I don't know about seven. I think they'll give him five. And and pretty much, and and some Edmonton fans will will say good riddance. But if you sign him to a deal like that, then you're pretty much saying goodbye, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, because you can't afford him. That's probably true, but you know, at the end of the day, he has fit in real well with Tippett, though. I wouldn't say definitely, Mike. I think there's still some other moves that could happen to save Nugent Hopkins. I do. I mean, you'd have to give up your first round pick to get to get Seattle to take James Neal off your hands. Maybe they maybe they would do that. What do you mean, if James Neal? High enough in the standings. What's that? If you finished high enough in the standings, you might do that. Right. How many goals did James Neal end up with, anyhow? I think it was like 18. Yeah. And, like that. and what did he have? 10 in like the first two weeks? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He, he had 19, 19 goals. In well, most of them on the power play, I think, also. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. No, they, they probably, Neil, that was just a, a flash, man. Now, let's just bring up a couple things before we end the show. One, we're not um, going to talk about our feelings. I thought that's what we were going to talk about. Yeah, no, no, I'll, I'll, go get, I'll go start to pruning my roses outside. Um, uh, a couple signings. Well, you know, we, we were expecting the Capri, the Kaprizov signing and the Romanov signing. Um, uh, the Sorokin one was interesting, Russ, because they signed two separate deals: one the burn year for nine twenty five with no bonuses, and then five minutes later, Daniel Milstein tweets out, "Hey, we got another deal: uh, two million dollar one year deal with a one million dollar bonus." Um, you can say goodbye, Thomas Grice. It's over with. Yeah. Enjoy the UFA anyway, Grice. So. Right, yeah. but I'm saying they're not going to re-sign him. You know, he can enjoy the Swiss League or wherever he's going to go. But mm-hmm. um, I mean, I don't know. I mean, what, what do you? This thing was so long and drawn out. It's almost it's almost anticlimactic. I think I think what's interesting is yeah, the first deal they couldn't do anything about, right? So Sorokin just takes that and it's like whatever. The second deal, Sorokin can at least get this bonus by what next July, probably. And yeah. Yeah, so that's like moving expenses for him, right? So that's that's a nice little thing. That's probably what was been in negotiation for so long, Mike. 
actually, getting, I think it's in. I think he gets it in December because December. Okay, even better. So, but that that actually was probably the big negotiating part because to get a million out of Lou and Ledecky in a bonus for a player they haven't seen is probably what the stumbling block was all along. And that's a good move, though. I'm glad the Islanders did it because he will be their best goalie. And actually, in a couple of years, it might only take two years, when he and Shesterkin are, are battling in New York, that was a battle for the World Junior yep. Team for Russia. That you know, These guys have been at odds their whole career, so I could see there being an intense rivalry, too, with these two goalies. And apparently they're buddies. So what does he get? He gets the prorated amount of the, of the salary he got now? Yeah, basically, but but he's not playing, so he's not going to get anything. No, no, no. But I mean, if you think about it, he's getting minimal dollars now, right? I mean, Correct. he's signed. He, for all intents and purposes, he's signed. Yes. But it's a way to burn the ELC where you're not getting really any money. Your money starts coming a little bit next year, right. and then he's an RFA for two years afterwards. Right. It's a gateway contract, basically. Right. It enables right. the other the, the second year to be a little cash in his pocket where you're going to get the million dollar bonus on December one next year, and then make your million dollars for the season. Right. The other one was Mikhail Grigorenko signing with Columbus, which ha actually happened a couple months ago, but right. it was negated by the league. So Columbus simply just waited until it was legal to sign him to the same exact deal. I, you know, I, 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 he did not play well in Buffalo. He played better in in Colorado. He played really well in the KHL. I think this is a good signing, especially for one point two, because he could be a third line guy, score you 15, 20 goals. It's an excellent signing. My source in Russia told me he was a guy that after coming from the NHL, he just needed to sort of like mature as a hockey player. And he has matured now as a hockey player. He's always had a lot of ability and maybe it's not as high as we thought it was, but yeah, he could play third line center and he probably can get you 12 to 15 goals. Yeah. And if you get that, that's perfect for Columbus because again, he's also a big body with speed. Right. And that's that's another thing that, that serves well for them. So the other part is what we haven't talked about is like what's going on with some of these player injuries. And Pierre-Luc Dubois was practicing. Aaron Portsline put that he was practicing on his own. And the minute groups of players came on the ice, he left. So that seems very suspicious. And so now we don't know what's up with Pierre-Luc Dubois at the moment. Yeah, and I mean, and they're not. We'll be challenged to find out exactly what because oh, they'll just yeah. say unfit to play, or you know, they won't give any details on the situation. We've run into that throughout throughout the league with a number of players. Um, Russ, let's, let's just briefly talk about the uh, thing we were talking about yesterday about these teams in the round robin because I said back, I said a couple months ago that. You are going to see, like, if it's Boston versus Tampa, it's going to be more like Providence versus Syracuse. You know, you're not going to see these teams risking playing some of their top players in these meaningless games if it's a difference between finishing second or third. And Chuck Fletcher basically said something to that effect. Yeah, he, to not exactly quote him, but his the basic tense was the game's important. It's the first one. So we're going to play, but I'm going to play a lot of players because at the end of the day, I want my 20 bodies to be healthy. And so a lot of guys are going to play. Now they asked Brian Elliott about that today, and he said he hasn't even spoken to the coaches. He just sees them, says hi in the hallway, and they keep going. So you will see Carter Hart probably play a period, and then Elliott probably takes over, plays a period, and maybe even Alex Lyon gets in there for a period. 
Right. Wouldn't shock me if that's the way that game goes. And then again, a guy like Mark Friedman, who just got signed, seeing a lot of those players and resting some of the other ones, maybe, you know, Niskanen plays 10 minutes, maybe Braun plays 10 minutes, you know, and then they rest the rest of the game. Wouldn't shock me at all. Now, those are games with some consequence. It's interesting because Sheldon Keefe was asked. It's receding, though. It's receding, but I'm saying, but still, there is some consequence. Some of these exhibition games that uh, these teams are playing before the August 1st starting date of the playoffs, uh, Sheldon Keefe was asked, do you know who the Leafs will be playing in those exhibition games? They don't even know the team that they're playing against let alone right. who they're going to – so you're telling me right now that the, like, the, the Leafs are going to play, you know, their top 12 forwards and their top, top six defensemen? I no. think I think they're going to play like – it's going to be like a preseason lineup where half the guys will play and half of them won't. And let's be honest, this – this normally the NHL rule has that rule you got to play a certain amount of players in preseason because fans are paying money. Nobody's paying money for this. So teams could go rogue with this and not play anybody if they feel like it. And just play, you know, all their secondary players. They could do that. They won't because they want their guys to get on the ice. But again, players who are like 30 and above, someone like Claude Giroux, you know, what's he gonna play? They're gonna play him for like a period. That's it. Those and, kinds of guys are gonna be sitting. And those games might be on and it might be on NHL Network or NBCSN. But I'm telling you, they're not gonna be on, they're not gonna be on there for for people actually wanting to watch. They're gonna be on there so they can test their cameras. That's oh, yeah. what more like more than likely. Well, so, you, like you were saying, there are American cameramen in Canada. Well, yeah, they, they, that's. The, I mean, it's the NBC is more likely is where you're shunting these games. The USA Cable, right? And and you know the the the, the story coming out of out of Toronto that I, I was reading on online yesterday is that uh, apparently it's going to be NBC camera crews. Uh, doing the games at Scotiabank Arena when you had Hockey Night in Canada and Sportsnet camera crews uh, ready, willing, and able to do it. And that's, you know, that might be, you know, the fact that the Canadian teams got, the uh, Canadian cities got the hub. So they had to overcompensate in another way, and they're giving the U.S. camera people and the U.S. broadcasters some heads up or some step up. Which I I don't think is right because I mean if the games were played in Toronto and Edmonton, there's nobody who do, who does a better job in that than those crews in those particular towns. So I agree, but you know contractually you got to do what you got to do. Yeah. All right. Um, we'll be back tomorrow with another edition of the Hockey Buzzcast for the departed Anthony Mangione for Eck. Uh, for Jan Levine, departed. Say it the, the departed, same way. The departed Eklund. Okay, for Jan Levine, who's still here. Damn it! And <laughs> and Russ Cohen. Wow. I'm Michael Agello. Thanks. Oh, I'm for just building it up, baby. So just keep talking, Mike. Remember, without the buzz. Remember, colors are a good thing, Mike. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.